And here we stumble upon a pair of stoners in their natural habitat. Notice the red eyes and laid-back demeanor. Now it looks like they're going to talk to each other. Let's listen in. Hey guys, welcome to a special New Year's e Christmas e kind of special episode of uh, Rambling Stoners. So I'm currently on holiday in Japan, uh, will be till the end of January, so there's not going to be any content coming out from us until I get back. So as a kind of little stopgap, we want to um, see so you guys aren't completely devoid of our, our lovely selves. We wanted to release um, a sample of a project that we started a little while back, back when we were still the Rambling Vapors. Uh, and what it is, is myself, Bungle, um, Ian from uh, the LARP Noobs podcast, who's guested previously on Rambling Vapors, as some of you may remember, and my fiance Naomi, uh, playing through a uh, kind of tabletop RP session uh, using a system called Air uh, that... Ian created himself. Um, there's not the full campaign there. This is just like, this is basically like uh, the kind of alpha test version of what we got so far. Uh, we thought we'd put it out there as a kind of like something different and to see what the feedback was on it. If it's something that you guys find that you, you know, that you enjoy, you might want to hear more of, do let us know because it's something that we may very well be open to revisiting. Um, so we obviously have to just discuss it with Ian and everyone else and see if we can get, can, like get the group together and get do, do it online but it's definitely definitely feasible so until we get back from japan in the meantime please do enjoy what was going to be known as the rambling capers so uh without further ado enjoy <laughs> we're not doing the game of thrones intro no matter how badly you fucking vomit bungle um welcome oh, to I'm sulk now <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the first episode of rambling vapors on air um this is a little side project thing that we're going to be doing um really intrigued to hear your feedback on it and that um we're going to be doing it in alternates to the main show may even become a thing of its own may not yeah. see previous episode for all musings on where we're going to go with this uh, right now as it stands this is an experiment i hope you enjoy it yeah. i kind of also want to call this rambling capers because we are going to get to all sorts <laughs> of the rambling vapors rambling capers yeah okay well, no, rambling ramb- capers on it okay <laughs> there we go right well we've got the name settled and <laughs> over to you ian okay so uh this is gonna be role-playing obviously so um I'm going to run through... Oh, sorry. Sorry, I should have mentioned, yes. This is, of course, involving myself, Bungle, Ian Pittock, and uh, my other half, Naomi. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, so it's going to be role-playing. So uh, the rules and stuff, I'm going to introduce you guys to gradually as we get into it. Uh, We're all new to this system, uh, so we'll we'll see how it goes. And uh, we will begin. From the dark, eternal chaos of the void, there was a spark of creation, and from its fires, the plane of existence came into being, and at their centre, the material realm burned into life. The world of Saqqara is now in its third age, still recovering from the time of sundering, when the overuse of magical power tore down the barriers between the planes and allowed nightmarish demons to overrun the land. 
This is a time after the great battle of Kalantor, when the demons finally were driven back and banished to the void. Civilizations, both old and new, now emerge from the ashes to reclaim a world shrouded in legend. But beyond the borders of creation, timeless beings hunger and probe for weakness. This is a time of dark fantasy and high adventure. And we begin in the darkness. Lenore, you come to consciousness, aware of darkness around you. And in the distance, there is a flash of light. And reaching from it, you can see a man reaching towards you. And before him is your body laying upon the ground. And between you, you can see another entity reaching towards him, reaching to claim your body. What do you do? Panic. (laughs) You're kind of surrounded by this dark, inky, kind of shadowy substance. It's kind of like being in a, uh, a watery void of nothingness. And before you is this kind of other entity, kind of slightly skeletal in form. And, it, and it's moving to basically take your body. So I'm going to try and move through this inky, watery stuff to get to my body first. Okay. That's my instinct. Are you going to try and, uh, like, are you going to try and interpose this, this being? No, I mean, I, I'm just kind of... I just want to get my body. I don't, I don't understand what's happening, but sure. I feel like if I can touch my body okay. before he does, it might be okay. You can't tell what it is. It's just a shadowy form. But roll me an agility check. So how that'll work is it's... Uh, I think you've got an agility of good, which means you roll two dice, and you take the higher okay. result. Double check... Yeah, you may get uh, in the first few episodes. Good first agility, episode, yes. At least you may get like quite a lot of this uh, rustling of paper while we consider things because we're all trying out a new mechanic. And it's authentic. It's sound effects. Okay, so my highest roll is a six. Okay. Okay, as you reach forward, and you're kind of swimming awkwardly through this ink, panicking. You kind of move ahead of this entity, and it grasps you on the shoulder and yanks you back. It just claws into your shoulder and pulls you back. And it, it, it just, it's reaching further towards him. Make a strength check now. That's average. Should I use... Just the just single dice. Though? Okay. Just. That's a five. Okay. You basically, you're able to sort of kick into this being and sort of press it back and it's literally just scrambling up your body basically trying and and your body as well is this kind of lucid form it doesn't really have substance as such such that you can feel this kind of raking pain as it's kind of sliding down your body trying to pull you back and take your place and this man you can see him more clearly now reaching through into the void where you where, where you guys are wrestling and he's a kind of an, an about a man in his 50s he's he looks like he's injured and he's basically standing over the top of uh, a body that looks like it's been uh, quite badly burnt and 
you can see he's he's kind of he's shaking because he's obviously been he, he he's sustained some kind of wound to his side and he, he's kind of like losing concentration to try and reach through towards you guys and he, he doesn't he, he, he looks like he's kind of losing control of his attempt to grip you that sounds bad <laughs> that sounds like that could be a problem um so basically at this point this other entity is just trying to basically climb up you to 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 get there first yeah um how how do you want to handle it how close am i to my body at the moment am i like i mean really you're kind of reaching towards his hand because that that is the only point at which okay so i could grab his hand essentially yeah so that's what i do okay so we'll make a will check here okay Uh, I've got an eight. Okay. So you kind of, you're just about to brush fingers with with him and then basically this other creature just grabs the back of, of your scalp and just yanks and rakes down the back and you just scream and almost the, the pain itself just drives you that little bit further and you just finally manage to grab his hand and then you're just pulled pull and you pulled through this kind of void and there's this extremely painful burning flash of light that just takes your vision for a moment and you just can hear this horrendous scream behind you of anguish and then you take a, a breath and it's in it, it, it all you can feel is just pain and this sort of burning kaleidoscope of light enters your vision and you can see this kind of vague bubble of light and shadow moving over the top of you and it, it you're not really certain of where you are and then you just it, it, it you just feel this kind of horrible burning deep inside your kind your, your, your chest and then you just wretch and you can't, your vision finally kind of swims to some kind of clarity and you can see him now leaning over you. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> and she comes back to life. Wait, wait, I have to check my Facebook messages, she screams. <laughs> It was my mum. <laughs> Congratulations, you're alive. <laughs> Why aren't you home yet? <laughs> Facebook update. Checks in alive. So, so no, uh, bringing it back, you you kind of you, you kind of wake and you're just kind of coughing and retching. In fact, make me a endurance roll. Oh, that's poor. So just one dice. Yeah, and two dice and the worst. Oh, okay. Uh, one. Okay. Yeah, you are completely, <laughs> completely wrecked by this experience. I mean, it is. I mean, all you can do is basically just sort of cough and uh, sort of essentially retch, and uh, and it, it's horrible. I mean, this the pain is so extreme that. Do I wish it, I was dead? It's it's a scarring experience. Like this is something that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. And in fact, that the 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 sensation where you were touched when you were in the void beyond, you can feel those places on the back of your head, on your shoulder sort of various points down your back and your lower legs you can feel these burns and then he kind of, he he basically reaches towards you and he he just tries to hold you as you're just kind of uh, shaking really from from the pain and he's just like easy easy child you've traveled a long way to reach us give your body time and then 
you're, I mean, his words at this point almost mean nothing to you because the pain is so extreme. Um, but it, it finally starts to dull and, and slightly recess as you're just trying to draw breath in and concentrate on the idea of just breathing. And then you can hear a, 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 another sort of man approach. Um, and he's, he's, he says, Bran, are you all right? And uh, the, the man before you replies, not me, the girl. And you kind of, you lean and take in this other figure. And he's younger, um, probably early 20s, maybe only just left his, <laughs> only just left his teens. <laughs> PC wants to reach <laughs> Your, your PC wants to come back to life. <laughs> it's just on updates. Fucking Windows. <laughs> mute it. Um, and he, <laughs> so uh, yeah, this guy. He's kind of in. Um, whereas this other uh, man, this older man in his fifties, is in kind of darker robes, and he's still bleeding quite badly from his side. Um, this. Uh, second figure is kind of more in uh, rugged leathers. He's got um, a shield and a, a sort of a strange silver spear. Uh, and he kind of, he sort of finally takes takes you in to almost and notices you. And he's like, of course, um, here. And he, he offers you basically a, a vial. Uh, and base I mean at this point you're, you're almost like uh, in fact give me another give me another endurance check see how you're kind of coping with this experience I've got four okay okay so at this point you're sort of slowly regaining the ability to actually function in fact even moving you can feel like the sinews inside you kind of popping and almost as like atrophy had almost even taken hold and now you're kind of just breathing existence back into yourself uh, and he kind of basically Basically feeds you this uh, this vial of liquid, and it is this kind of sickly warmth that kind of enters you. Um, but it does start bringing sensation back to the rest of your body, starting with your core and reaching out. And as it does so, it's another wave of pain hits because all of a sudden now your body is almost alive to all these this kind of injury and this kind of uh, harsh experience it's had to endure coming back from the land of the dead um uh, 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 he basically looks towards uh, the other man he says uh, uh, ran here and he, he offers him another vial and he's like uh, tend to the girl I just need some time. And he uh, and 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 Rand basically just this uh, older figure sort of steps and sort of leaves you, um, and then you're just left with this sort of younger man, and he basically leans you up against a barn. He he kind of looks concerned, like he's he he's con he's concerned about your welfare, but he looks concerned about his friend. Um, but then he kind of turns his vision back to you and he's like, I wish I could tell you that everything was all right, but you are at least safe. There's no easy way to say this, but everyone else is dead. And as you look around you, you kind of start taking in this vision of this 
essentially looks like a, a traveling caravan. It looks like maybe performers or some sort of circus troupe. The whole thing is just decimated. It looks like fires are still burning. You can see like charred bodies everywhere. People like horribly mutilated, like been torn asunder. Um, and you don't recognize any of them. Um, in fact, you, you don't remember this place. You don't remember anything before uh, the moment in the void. Um, and and it, it's then that he, he, he asks you, you know, are these your people? I don't know. Well... What's what's theirs? I assume is is now yours. Um, what can you tell me of yourself? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember anything. I don't recognize any of this. I don't, I don't remember anything before before this. He looks concerned. Uh, and, and 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 is sort of looking off towards this other figure who's sort of leaning against one of the sort of broken wreckages of a wagon. Um, he he basically uh, so says, "I'm Estin, Estin Old, and I am a witch hunter." opposer to uh, those who seek to pervert the natural course of life and death, uh, enemy of the undead and necromancers. And that, that's Ran. He is a necromancer, a communion with the undead, uh, a man who perverts the natural course of life and death, as you are evident. And perhaps the greatest man I've ever known. But don't tell him that last part. Uh, we arrived late to this place. We heard that a mage had arisen among these people and had used their powers wildly and brought something forth from the void. And... Uh, we arrived as quickly as we could, but it looks like you and everyone here fell victim to it. I'm sorry we were not sooner. Was I dead? Yeah. If Ran brought you back, I would imagine so. So and does that mean I'm in danger from you? I've travelled with Ran for a while and I've seen that the path between life and death what it means to return from it is not as black and white as I was originally taught and I fancy though it may cost him his soul ultimately he has done more good than I ever shall and uh 
I'm sure you would agree, being back from that place is no bad thing. I don't, I don't really know you. Like, uh, am I a zombie? <laughs> you're quite, quite normal. You're quite alive. And at, at this point, the the other man returns, and uh, he kind of he looks healed, but still very frail. He looks like his natural state is being frail. Um, and he kind of he just sort of sits down next to you both. And he sort of sort of t- looks at you warily for a moment, like he's actually been listening to your conversation, and he's kind of eyeing you up now. You remember nothing. Nothing. He kind of reaches down. To his side. You can see there's a bone handle there to something. And he draws out a knife. And he flips it in his hand and he passes the handle to you. It's dangerous on the road. You need to protect yourself. Where you go now is up to you. We could take you to a neighboring village. Uh, it may perhaps you have family or friends there. I I don't know. I don't remember anything. I don't remember family. I don't, I don't even know my name. Because of you. Because of what you've done to me. The younger man says, whatever coin and goods here there are, be enough to provide you with some form of living. Uh, doing what? <laughs> what? I mean, I, I have nothing. If I had anything, it's been taken from me, and you've brought me back with nothing, to nothing. You can't just give me a knife and tell me to make my way in the world. So she travels with us, and at that, the younger man looks pretty kind of skeptical and he kind of leans back and says the barrow is no place for her she has nowhere to go and it just so happens I live nowhere seems like an obvious fit and at that if you agree they will take you to the barrow in the marsh of the sorrows And there, over many years, you learn the art of necromancy from Ran. For the first two years, uh, Estin is there. It tends to come and go and live among you. You become an awkward kind of family of sorts, sort of estranged and quite distant at times. But there are moments of humor. Um... You learn of the planes of existence that reach beyond the material realm where normal life proceeds. And you learn how to reach beyond uh, the material realm and through this space known as the Moor of Creation, where dread horrors dwell. And through reaching 
you can touch other realms of existence and they draw magic back to you in the material realm. And this is the art you, you come to learn of magecraft. Two years into your life in the Barrow, uh, Rand sends Estin to go and acquire a dark orb that he's heard of. And you come to know of this as something called a, a tear of creation. Um, you're not fully sure what that means, but it seems like a potent artifact. And it seems that Ran is very concerned about if it should fall into the wrong hands. Another year passes and Estin returns and basically tells Rand that he has located this artifact or at least information of where it is. And at this time, Rand decides it is best if he, him and Estin travel out seeking this artifact and leave you uh, essentially in temporary uh, control of the barrow. Um, he says he'll only be gone a short time. They travel out and they never return. <clears throat> and at first you tried to find a way to locate them, but you had no success. And now you are the necromancer of the Barrow and you have been for some time. Okay, Kyle, sorry, Kyle, Bungle. Yes. Um, or should I say, Finn and Thrax. <laughs> Finn and Frax. It sounds like it's into the sea. It's a cartoon. <laughs> it sounds um, like extras from Asterix and Obelix. <laughs> okay. So, for you, your adventure began when you returned to your clansmen and your. Uh, your settlement had been laid waste by um, nightmarish creatures, uh, ghouls, and undead entities were chewing upon the flesh of the fallen. Uh, fires were bursting around the the the, the camp, uh, and there was a a, a figure. Uh, a, a captain of this kind of undead retinue, essentially, uh, sort of laying waste to those who sort of stood against him. Um, Finn, you faced him in single combat, uh, but ultimately he got the better of you until uh, Frax interposed and was able to drive him back. Uh, he then retreated and you were able to sort of unite what few people remained and essentially lead them to repel the ghouls or slay those that you could. Um, and in the sort of the, the morning uh, after, essentially, you had a council meeting uh, and they told you that basically the village elder um, was slain by an, another man who came from uh, from the north um, 
and he was cowled in black and carried a black orb and seemed to command the forces of life and death. Um, he commanded these uh, undead beings and he basically took the town elder and demanded of her an impossible question and that is what lays at the end of the quest and you both know that the quest is essentially another plane of existence that runs through all other planes it is a a path a calling towards adventure towards uh, purpose but it has been the destruction of many who follow it to follow the the quest uh, is the way of your people who are the Corel you are the people who during the time of sundering did not retreat behind their walls you were the people who stood in the plains and fought the demons for near 200 years. You're a proud people. And for you, the quest is an innate pursuit. Um, and the, the knowledge is that really the quest has no end to, to, to the best of your understanding. Uh, so the question itself seems you know foolish to you but it seemed when the elder could not give this figure the answers he sought uh, she was slain and her blood was drawn into this orb so we're in a matriarchy then (laughs) (laughs) whoever is actually the uh, the best follower of the quest uh, and fulfills indeed the quest may take one to leadership or it may take one to utter destruction and ruin it has no morality to it uh, and in fact maybe part of the quest is knowing when to leave the quest um, but uh, if you build it they will quest that's <laughs> <laughs> fine so um, you basically heard that you kind of you learnt that after uh, your elder had been uh, slain uh, he turned to this captain and said to head back to Bethque which is uh, a place you well actually make me a reason check you guys Nine. Is it the highest or the lowest? Uh, it depends what you are. I'm on. an average. Then it's just single dice. Oh, right, okay. Sorry. That's okay. Six. Six. Okay. Um, Frax, you know the Bethquay is maybe the capital of Ishtar, a place to the southeast. It's a desert sort of civilization. You're pretty woolly on the details. You think you only know about it because you might have fenced some goods to a guy who had trade there. Okay. Um, But yeah, that's the basic knowledge you have. Now, the elders who were left... uh, because you pledged yourselves as 
basically vengeance for uh, the fact that uh, Finn, your wife and daughter, were killed in this in this raid. You you pledged yourself to bring these people to justice, and basically by proxy. Uh, <laughs> Are you going with me, boy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, check. And and you thought you would head to this place and slay these villains essentially um but you were given a slightly different task as well um you were told to seek a necromancer uh in the barrow of shadows so the sorrows um which is lays to the east of corel it's kind of a a marshland uh a, a, it's at the very edge of the of the plane where you guys uh, think of like the open step uh, of Mongolia. Wait, is east left or right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, you, you know that the barrow is deep inside the marshland. Um, your people fear uh, sorcery. To uh, don't really trust it. Is probably a better way of. of <laughs> Uh, thinking uh, of it but you've been basically sent to go and seek the knowledge of this uh, necromancer um, because this other figure this uh, individual of the orb seemed like the kind of threat that wouldn't stop here Um, so that's what drove you into the marsh you have ridden and now slogged your way through harsh marshland um and at this point we'll get frax because you're the kind of the the scout and the forward driver of these kind of endeavors i would imagine all right so you can make a uh make a Make me a uh, uh, sorry, fucked up. Make me a endurance check, um, but you can have uh, a plus two for your concept. Uh, each of these guys, they have uh, several, well, three basically concepts that are attached to their characters, and these basically describe the kind of things they're very good at. So, for Frax, it's that he is a expert scout. Uh, and a skilled uh, skilled tracker basically uh, and that means that he basically gets a thing called a concept bonus to these when he has to do stuff like this so he gets to make his uh, endurance check and then add two to the result and because actually um, Finn would be assisting him there's another thing called an assistance bonus and he would essentially get to add that as well so that's another plus two so I've already got plus four on this roll. Yeah. Nice. What's we rolling? Natro one. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's a three. So it's seven? Seven? Yeah. yeah. It's it's tough going. You're not used to marshland. And actually at this point I'll need uh Finn to make an endurance check. <laughs> I hate this bloody marshland. <laughs> oh, I long for the step. That's the lie, brother. Sorry, which one was it? An endurance? Yeah. Yeah. I'm good on that one. Uh, 
Did you fall in like a sinking Frank just kind of makes good pace and he he says very clearly to you basically step where I step <laughs> and uh follow my steps <laughs> follow me boy <laughs> <sighs> for you Finn it's a it's a hard journey <laughs> it's a hard journey you are wet you are miserable this is a horrible experience <laughs> I'm hopping from dry patch to dry patch. <laughs> yeah, you like Frax. You're kind of, you know, you're doing okay. You know, you're, this is this is tough going, but was it almost seeing Finn kind of struggling so much <laughs> is making you feel better about yourself. Just slow down, will you? I'm older than you. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up, old man. Keep up. So figures of youth. <laughs> You draw basically through this kind of thick mist and uh, um, kind of constant chatter of insects and uh, other animals that you can kind of never really gain sight of. Uh, you kind of moving through this marsh and uh, you Who come across... Who the lives here? <laughs> well, you come across what looks like a titanic sort of felled statue and you can see uh, a kind of a hand of this statue and and just the scale of the hand shows you how big the actual statue must have been but the 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 hand the part that's emerging from the swamp is essentially uh, a sort of finger pointing forward and on top of that you can see um a, a basically kind of a very simple kind of building has been erected and walking from that basically towards the end of the finger you can see a, a figure sort of stepping out and she seems to carry with her a silver flute and she kind of is walking towards the end of this extended uh, digit um, make me, uh, Lenore, make me a, uh, perception check. And, uh, you guys, are you trying to remain hidden or are you... Remain hidden, I'm going to knock an arrow. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. make me, um, agility, both of you guys. And, uh, Frax, you can have, uh, in fact, you can both have, a plus two concept. Zero is a ten, isn't it? On yeah. These yeah, I got ten then. I got a seven. So that'll be twelve. Okay, so <laughs> you guys just vanish into the mist. Okay, um, you—it's what we do. <laughs> you're, you're not aware of of them. Um, so, why have you come out of the barrow, and why? What has brought you out into the marsh today? How much freedom do I have with this? Can I? Oh, go, go, go. Okay, we're, so we're... I, I have. Birds that act as sentries. I have ravens okay. that I use to keep watch. Okay. Reanimated ravens. Okay. And one of them alerted me. Okay. That there's a disturbance in the marsh. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. What's what kind of course of action? So you've kind of you've essentially walked out of your uh, 
essentially home. It's it's quite a simple life, really, where you live. I mean, it's you've made it comfortable, but comfort isn't necessarily your greatest pursuit. Mm. Uh, you know, you're you're. You know, you, you live in what is probably to most people probably quite a horrible place, um, but you've made it yours. Uh, and for you, there's great purpose here. Now, the reason this terrain is a marsh was because uh, there was a great city that once was here. And during the time of Sundering, it was the one of the sort of the key epicenters really for the demons when they arose and they slew thousands here and basically the whole forest uh, that has kind of emerged now is kind of grown off the sunken ruins of this city that's kind of collapsed down into the into what is now formed into a marshland so this isn't the natural state of this environment uh, and there are there's the, the amount of dead really that has kind of uh, decayed into this ground uh, has made a sort of a thinning effect of the plains here and this is why uh, the barrow exists and why this is kind of a, a key location for necromancy now uh, what yeah so with that in mind obviously how would you go about securing yourself here? So I've got the the zombie ravens as my sentries. Okay. They patrol. They alert me to disturbances in the marsh. Uh, I think I've probably also maybe got a few skeletons buried ready to call up as like a sure. first line of defense, kind of strategically placed. Sure. Um, do, do, I mean, do you want to try and wake anything now or command anything now? No, or are you just I keeping think your because, eyes I, because I can't see anything, but the ravens have alerted me. Mm -hmm. I would just ask them to keep patrolling. Sure. Are you acting like you've like you don't know? Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not sure. gonna give anything away. Okay. So you've got this silver flute, which is kind of one of these uh, something you took from uh, the caravan. Um, it was beside you when you came to life um, perhaps you were a musician um, but you've kind of always kept it with you um, so from, that, from then then let's make firstly uh, let's get you to make a, a reason uh, and you can have Plus two for a circumstance. Can we see here. these ravens? Are we aware of these ravens? Make a perception check, you guys. Um, Frax, you can have a plus two on this. Uh, I got a ten. I got an eight. Okay. I also got an eight. Okay. The animals here act strangely. It's been... It, it, it's been off-putting. Like you, I mean, you wouldn't know necessarily that they are... Under sort of malevolent no, control. No, no, I'm saying, can we see? Yeah, oh yeah, you can see sort of these kind of birds are definitely yeah. sort of starting to sort of move around this place, and they they seem to sort of be kind of around you guys. They're kind of getting closer. I don't like the look of these birds. What well, say you notch an arrow in one of them? I'm getting hungry. 
They don't look. They don't look all that appealing. <laughs> um, a meal is a meal at this point. But yeah, yeah, as you get like a better view, these these birds they look. Oh, they look. They look. They look like they're dead. Like I mean, like how these things fly, you're not entirely sure. Um, like parts Second of their body are missing. I that. <laughs> um, but if it's got maggots, protein. <sighs> I'm not that hungry. <laughs> you are sort of more sorry Lenore you're more uh, familiar with this terrain and the sort of the sounds that are associated with it and you can start to hear uh, this kind of these bird calls that aren't your birds and I didn't bring a bird <laughs>